It turns out to be every bit as crass, offensive, and incorrect as you'd expect, but it's also gulp, really very funny and awful out of the time, as well as bizarrely gripping. That's Peter Bradshaw of Guardian talking about The Hangover. That's yes. right. Classic movie this week we're throwing in. Uh, next year is the 15th anniversary of The Hangover, so I want to get it in this week. And as far as our featured review, our new movie, it's not a movie, it's a miniseries. It's called George and Tammy, and it's absolutely fantastic. It stars Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon. It's a look at the romance and George Jones and Tammy Wynette. Thanks, as always, to everybody for supporting the podcast. Please go to Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for all the positive words last week as we discussed Barbenheimer. That's right, Barbie and Oppenheimer. And again, the numbers are still gigantic. Talked to my buddy Adam Amin the other day. He said, theaters sold out to go see Barbie. Even a week later, you can't go see Barbie in the Chicago area. My buddy Will Bjarner has now seen Oppenheimer three times, which I was like, that's incredible. Granted, girlfriend, no kids, but I'm like, the fact he has devoted nine hours to watching Christopher Nolan's movie in the last week. I loved it too. I support the effort. It's interesting now thinking more about Nolan, and I must give credit to Joel Sherman of the New York Post, who, as I said last week, prior to seeing the movie, he said to me, it's a beautiful mind meets JFK. Again, I'm not really with him on the beautiful mind part, aside from the fact it's a very smart guy. You know, there's no issues of mental illness or anything like that, but the JFK was dead on. So I'm reading The Hollywood Reporter this week, and they had an interview with Christopher Nolan and Killian Murphy and Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. And in it, some fascinating things about Christopher Nolan. For a guy who is so attuned to technology, again, he shot the movie on 70-millimeter IMAX and encouraged everyone to go see the movie that way. There are only 19 theaters in America <laughs> in which you can see uh, that is not an investment. 19 in the entire country where you can see a 70-millimeter IMAX. I myself here, there's one in New York City. I'm like... I'm not going to go pay 40 bucks for the parking on top of the $25. I'll just go see IMAX, $24, and I feel good about that. Are Anyways. all IMAX movies? Like, no, I have an IMAX no. theater in Fort Lauderdale, so it's, it no, might not it's be not that the same. Okay. No, it's an IMAX 70 millimeter. So I looked into it. There's 19 in the country. Wow. So they, you may have one in Fort Lauderdale. You may be lucky, but I'm like, I checked. In my area, there's only one. I'm like, I'm not going to go to New York City. Point being, Nolan's a guy who cares a lot about technology. You know, when making Oppenheimer, he made it clear we're going to have no CGI, no computer generated impact. We're, we're making way with the atomic bomb. We're going to do our best to recreate that here in Los Alamos in New Mexico. I'm not going to kill people, but I'm also not using computer graphics. I want this to look as authentic as possible. And yet, as a guy, fascinating contradiction. Does not carry his smartphone. Currently has a flip phone. He writes his scripts on a computer. So Tarantino goes longhand, which to me is insane. Nolan does type it on a computer, but no internet on the computer. Also, apparently does not have email. So somebody said to him, like, how on earth can you... So the flip phone... Yeah, you can survive. Like, I guess it's anachronistic to text. I believe you could text on a flip, but it might be annoying. We, you could do it. Computer, no internet. Yeah, that's fine while you're writing your script. I'm sure you have internet with your wife's computer or kids or whatever. But the email, like you're Chris Vanola. What, what if you need to get a hold of a guy? And he said, my wife, has, uh, assistant has an email, and there's an email address for me, but I never check it. And what if there's anything important in the day? Here's your emails. A bunch of emails got you. Know, Steven Spielberg sent you an email. Okay, great. Thanks. So in order to get this movie done, to cast it, he went to Ireland. Like he called Killing Murphy ahead of time. He's like, I got a script. All right. You want to email to me? No, I don't email. Okay. I'll come to Ireland and come meet you. He's, he meet, now, I think Killing Murphy are friends, obviously. This is, I believe, the sixth movie they've done together. He's in Inception. He played Scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy. But still, he goes to the guy's house. He's like, hey, here's a script. I'll be in the other room. Like, I'll have myself a sandwich. Like, knock it out. And afterwards, when Murphy said to him, it's incredible. And no one goes, it's real simple. I want you to play Oppenheimer. Yes or no? He's like, yeah, I'm in. And Nolan said to him, it's like one of those movies from the 90s that they don't make anymore, like an Oliver Stone movie. 
Props to Joel Sherman. He's right. JFK is a great comp. And I said to Adam Amin, Adam, because you know what? I just watched JFK a couple weeks ago. It's, it's a great comp because American history, murky, dense, talky, controversial, black and white, color, big subject matter. I mean, there, there's lots of elements to it. But Nolan, I, I was amazed by that, which has now got me thinking. He's inspired me this past weekend. Happy birthday to Stigatz, his brother, Mussolini, Ken Burns, Getty Lee, and me. Of course, we all share the same birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> As I've told you before, I have great disdain for when people remember birthdays only by social media. So I was the greatest present I could be given this year is nobody, like as far as a company, posted about my birthday. In the past, ESPN might put a tweet and then I respond or I quote tweets that everyone sees it and they text happy birthday. It's all cheating, right? Instagram, same thing. So I was thrilled this year. MLB Network did not tweet happy birthday to me. We have a research packet. In the research packet, sometimes they'll say happy birthday to our own Lauren Shahadi. And everyone knows it's Lauren's birthday. Get a text Lauren. So I said, oh, I, well, I got through it. Now, there's a few people that tweeted me, but I said, I'm not going to respond. Like, it's cheating. People say, oh, it's your birthday. Yeah. So I just I just like those tweets. So the happy birthday to the madman. Old, old my buddy Kingston, Nate Sager. He's going to be 35 years. Happy birthday to the madman. Old school nickname. Like, all right, like it. Thanks. I'll text him now. Okay. Dude, thanks for remembering my birthday. I appreciate that. But I said, I was thrilled that that I was not bombarded by people just cheating by social media saying it's my birthday. And of course, I texted to God's right away. I said, happy birthday to you and your brother. He said, happy birthday to you from me and my brother. EJ Raddick, also same birthday, NHL Network. He said, yeah, happy birthday to you. <laughs> so it really got me to thinking that how, how thrilled I was that I, I might even just forego social media entirely. But did you also partner. did you also feel resentment for not getting a ton of, because like you probably got less birthday wishes oh, because of that. Yeah, no, but I, I was thrilled with it because I said it's so meaningful. Those that actually messaged me because they actually do remember my birthday. Like that was whether it's in your in your phone or you just remember by 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 happenstance. I was more impressed. I liked it better this way. I don't have rather, any birthdays marked down anywhere. Even like my best friends, like I have like literally, I can count on one hand the amount of people that I literally like could tell you when their birthday is. Like my wife, my dad, my mom, my brother, <laughs> and my friend Alex. I know that's atrocious. You just you just don't care about others' birthdays. I mean, I'm just like I know Billy's is in May. Like I know months. Like I right. know Billy's is in May. I think, you know what I mean. Like I I I just I'm terrible with that stuff. Like I I, I generally find if I look at a calendar, I can remember the birthday. Like if if I look at July 31st, I'm like, no, there's nobody who has a birthday today that I know of. Wow. But if I see August 2nd, my buddy Bernie, old college friend, I'm like, yeah, I got a text him. It's his birthday. So you're wow. just you're just you're just lousy with birthdays. I'm great with birthdays. Yeah, but you're the, great. But the, but the overarching point is the social media. So I went to the Jersey Shore, took my kids. We had a blast. Point Pleasant, fantastic. A little pricey, obviously, but uh, dude, it's a beach. It's summertime. Oh, I love that. I was there last year. Remember? I love it. Yeah, I remember. Your wife's family's around here, so I had a really good time. And you know, you get rides, you get the beach, the water. And I first, I was just, I was so happy to not be bombarded by an excess <laughs> of messages, which would have happened if I was on social media. Yeah. So now I'm getting to the point. I said, dude, do I just give up Twitter and Instagram entirely? Is there any benefit to me? Now, Twitter feels like that's an easy decision to give up because I feel more and more people are doing it. They're anti-Elon Musk. It doesn't seem to have the same cachet as it it's used called to. called X now, by the way. Correct. That's, yeah, I also <laughs> noticed that. I'm like, what the hell is this on my phone? So I feel like if I just deleted the app, like, that's probably an easy one. I'm like, I'm going to forego 111,000 followers. It's taking me 10 years. But like, I, I don't know if I'm really getting much out of Twitter these days. And anything sports-related, you know, trade deadline tomorrow. I'll get an ESPN alert. Somebody will text me. Something happened. I'm like, Max Scherzer got traded. Like, I don't need to go on Twitter to find that out. Now, Instagram. Can I get rid of Instagram? Which I think no. might be the, the bigger time suck. Because that's all these Instagram reels my wife sends me. But I, I think that's the one that I find more offensive. So my question to you is, is it better to just delete the app entirely? And go, that's it. I'm out. 
Or do I just condition myself to say, let's try taking a break from social media. Just don't check the app or check it once a day just to see what's going on. That's it. Let's see how you, you feel. You can't delete 111,000 followers. Like, that, that's the Twitter, though. No, no. That's what I mean. You're not getting rid of There's that. We're not getting rid of around? that. We're, we're keeping it all. If you don't want to look but at Instagram's, it anymore, you can yeah. deactivate, you know, you can like I can deactivate. You can do that where it's like, if I want to come back, I can activate again. So it's like, okay, there are steps that you can take passive aggressive steps <laughs> that don't actually fully commit to getting rid of it. Like, you know, there's just dip your toe in the water. See how you feel. Yes. Don't okay, just yes, delete yes. it. You're going to regret Correct. it like a day later. Yes. You're going to be like, whoa, where'd all my followers go? Right. I feel like there's, I, I don't think it matters. I disagree with you on that. I don't think it actually, I don't think it actually says, this guy's 111,000 followers. This has value. The only time ever, as we know, was the time with Lids. But now we've lost the blue check mark anyways. So I don't think it actually matters. Like they just go, who's this guy with a lot of followers who's complaining? So I don't think there's any actual benefit. There's never been a time my bosses, I'm paying you more money because of this. Only once I ever anything because of social media, I endorse this baseball card thing, which yeah. Oberman killed me. And I goes, what the hell are you endorsing that for? I go, they gave me some money. He goes, oh, it's horrible. I go, oh, I took the money. That's, <laughs> that happened once. Once and someone goes, post this to Instagram, post this to Twitter, we'll give you money. Once in like 10 years. So I'm like, if I just lose, I don't, I don't think I'm losing income. Yeah. I don't think bosses are caring about it. I don't think metal are caring. Like if I told Levitar, like, hey, dude, I, I stopped following social. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Do whatever you want. It's a social status. Is it? I don't know. It used to be. <laughs> I don't think it's Twitter. Not anymore. You're right. Twitter definitely feels dead. Like, I feel like if you have a Twitter account, it's almost shameful now. Like, you should be yes. embarrassed that you're still tweeting. But, like, the future with pictures and Instagram, like, I would not, yeah, I, I would deactivate, not okay. delete, for sure. All right. Deactivate not today. I think that's a fair point because you are right that I, I don't want to do the guy whole turkey and all of a sudden regretting it the next day. I'm like, I've lost, as you said. Now, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, we're not losing 10,000 followers. Like it's, I mean, so it took me a long time to get there, quite frankly. It's a little embarrassing to be that long. Wow. So if I have to lose the 10,000, I go, whatever, life goes on. The bigger question is this back to your just atrocious text etiquette. I texted you oh. last week about posting on Monday. You said, I want to post Tuesday. I said, okay, that's fine. Then I said, screaming a legit beef with Dan or contrived, you just never responded. So my new rule now, as I've turned another year older, if you don't respond to my text messages, which again, I have four times more kids than you, so I don't know how the hell I can respond to text messages and you can't, I'm going to just ask you my questions on the air. Whatever the question <laughs> may be. Like, I'm like, how about the Marlins these days? And you don't respond. I go, well, I'll just do it on the podcast because that way I know I'll get an answer. So, so you meant, now, I didn't honestly know what you meant by screaming A. So you couldn't just put a question mark and go, I'm not sure what you mean by this. <laughs> Did you, th you just, that it would go away and I would just ignore it completely. Like, all right. Because I said I could text Billy, but like, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Chris to respond to this. I had a bad texting weekend. I could there are ten people right now who are more like I have so many people in my life, work people, <laughs> personal people. Everyone hates me right now. Like I have a group text. Uh, look at me, Louis, Izzy Gutierrez, and Brad Williams, the comedian. I have a I group like text that. with them. Haven't responded all weekend. I got to get to it. I don't, dude. Look at my phone. I have just dots everywhere. I. I get overwhelmed by text messages. I'm in How all these today? Group I'm in group chats with Mike Ryan. So all my like I can't go ten minutes without my phone having like every time I look at my phone I have 142 text messages and it's all <laughs> one group text from Mike, but it's just like very stressful. Today I was working. So today, so I and then I always email Chris a few days in advance with the rundowns looking like. He doesn't email back, which I don't think he needs to, quite frankly, because you never miss the email. Like you're always like, right. yep, like you didn't write back, sounds good. So I'm like, right. that's fine, because I know you got it. Yeah. But then the text was at 8.46. You said, can't do 11 a.m. When can you do this afternoon? I responded 10 minutes later. 1.30 p. question mark. <laughs> and then you left me hanging for four hours. Like, this is unbelievable. I go, I, I, I respond within 10 minutes. In my I'll mind, I was like, yep, 1.30 works. I'll wait three hours. I'll In wait my... four hours. I said, I'll give him four hours. 12.55, I put, is that a yes to 1.30? And your response was, yeah, Y-E-A. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then followed up by, 
I didn't do a prep sheet. <laughs> Want me to do it real quick? We jump on at 140, and I wanted to put Y-E-A. Yeah. But I just put, sure. Like, you should have said, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I'd like. I'd like you to do your job. That's exactly what I'm looking oh. for. I'd like you to respond, and I'd like you to do your job. That's what I'd like to do here. <laughs> my dad always tells me. My dad's like, all right, I get it. You don't have to respond to everybody, but there should be people in your life. He's like, your wife. He's like, this is my dad talking. He goes, your wife, me. Yeah. Dan, I feel like Adnan, right. you're in that group. You're my boss with right. this podcast. Like, it oh, be... I, no, I wouldn't say I'm your boss. We're colleagues, though. We're colleagues. Lebitard, my wife, my dad, and Adnan. I should respond. <laughs> I should be better with texting with those four people. Even Dan, <laughs> you would think Dan Lebitard. If Dan yes. texts me, I got to respond. Yeah. I don't even respond to Dan. Now that does make me feel a little bit better. <laughs> if it, it, I'll be completely honest. If, if there was a hierarchy, and you go, you know, dude, you're just not that important to me. I'm like, okay, I, I like your honesty, but go to hell. But I like this answer better, which is I'm just bad at it. I'm even Dude, bad to Dan. Dan's my boss. My wife and I, my wife, it's our, it's the biggest tension in our marriage of like me not being good with like responding to texts. If Skip, okay, I don't know if you and Skipper are text buddies. Does Skipper text no, you? I, that, not, that's, I assume this not, much. I'm not texting me. I, I, <laughs> I don't think, think he's a big, big text guy either, by the way. I've texted him, but he doesn't text a lot. And then my texts do sound like this. Even my texts sound like this. Yes. <laughs> but I prefer email. He's, he's more of an email guy. <laughs> yeah. He's the or rare a handwritten letter. Guy. A handwritten <laughs> letter would be preferred. <laughs> you single-handedly redeemed your behavior by that impression that, that's where we're at right now <laughs> i'm really sorry though honestly i, I don't know if i'm going to be better about it because i just suck but i don't like that it like you feel offended by it yeah I, and i don't think i'm being uh overly sensitive like You're i think if someone goes if someone goes can't do 11 i go okay 130 and then four hours and there's still no response <laughs> Like, even if you'd respond and go, hey, sorry, I thought I got to this one. 130 works. Like, like we're okay. trying to make a plan. Like, it's just right. the most like, obvious. Good? Like, yeah. No. Like, are we, just so you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll adjust. No problem. <laughs> anyway. But I like, I, I, I tell your dad I'm with him. I, I think that there should be people. He's right. Dan, wife, it's like dad. Be a bad him. texter, but not right. with the core group here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, I feel like Mike Ryan is a good texter, but I feel like he's selective. He's a is good texter. Fair? No, Mike Ryan is a good texter. Like, like he'll I get back Mike, to you. Billy Gill, not a good texter. Me, not yeah. a good texter. Yeah, Billy's definitely shitty, but I've, I've definitely yeah. put Billy on blast before. He's not good. Then he apologized. <laughs> you put it in the subject heading, like, why didn't Billy text him? And immediately text him, like, hey, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Stu Gott's not a great texter. Although, no. I texted him on his birthday. He texted back right away. So, birthdays yeah. he's good on. Or Compliments he loves. Compliments yeah. always. That's a good point. Actually, it's a really good point. So, I text him at the show. He doesn't care. If I praise him, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I love the dead. All right, let's talk some movies and shows here, shall we? George and Tammy. A look at the romance between famed country musicians George Jones and Tammy Wynette. So this is something that, let's be honest, I was a little bit skittish about. I like music. I like all types of music, but I'm not particularly a big country fan, which I, I can't remember the joke. I don't know who the comedian is. Somebody said that. It's a real indictment of a person's character. They say, well, I like all kinds of music except for country. Like, you're, you're too special for country. But that's not what it is. <laughs> you know, like, unlike my girl, Claire Atkins, I'm just not from Nashville, but I love Johnny Cash. Now, I definitely get down with some Shania Twain, Canada's own. But I said, generally speaking, country would be the the genre of which I'm I'm least familiar. So when I hear George Jones, Timmy Wynette, I go, okay, I just don't know anything about them. It's not like it's uh, Scorsese doing a documentary on the Stones. But I'm like, I, I'm more than willing to watch for those two people, Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. And within minutes of watching it, I'm thrilled to be watching it because those actors are so good. They propel any material forward. Now, the Emmy Awards are coming up. As I said before, I don't know if any of the actors are going to show up. Probably no actor is going to show up. I don't know if the Emmys are going to happen, but September 12th, they're going to happen. So the interest of trying to get caught up, so to speak, I figured I'd watch George and Tammy, six-part miniseries, and it's available right now on Paramount+. Plus. My sister loves Paramount+, Plus, so I don't have Showtime. I'm saving the nine bucks. It's great. 
So I don't know anything about these people going in. Just like Oppenheimer. I knew nothing about Oppenheimer. Just he drops a bomb and that's it. And I like Christian Nolan. In this case, I like these two actors a lot. As I reflect back on the last year of Cinephile, by the way, since it was my birthday, I look back. I still can't believe I talked to Michael Shannon. Like I, I love that guy. I can't believe we pulled that up. The Hi, four how's interviews- it going, man? Hey. <laughs> the four <laughs> that sounds a little bit like uh Coolidge, my Coolidge. Yeah, that's a, your Coolidge impression. But I he, like it. It was like kind it. of similar. He was like, Hey man, good uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, good definitely. Hey, man, yeah, yeah. It is, it's, uh, it's definitely in that family. <laughs> but um the la- like in the last calendar year, Jeremy Strong, Michael Shannon. Ray Romano, Monica Bellucci. Like who to says me, we're just, like, who says we just get writers? Yeah, like I sat there on the beach, and I go, "That's pretty good." Four of the last year, like I, I never thought I'd talk to those people. That that alone is a reason to continue the podcast. But anyways, like I, I would watch Michael Shannon read the phone book. Like I love that guy. I just think he's a brilliant actor. Is Andy's. he a great actor, or is he just odd? No, no, no. no. I, well, it's a compelling question because he is odd. I, I would definitely agree with you on that. And if we had a half an hour together. I would have asked him some more questions because some of his behavior, people read about the seems like an odd guy. Yeah. Although, although you remember on Cinephile, what I said to him, you're so good at playing angry. He's like, well, I'm actually like a real sweetheart in real life. Like he's got a couple daughters. He hangs out in Brooklyn. I'm like, hey, but you seem like an angry guy. Like you're just, <laughs> you, you play rage really well. But I think I, I'm with you that in watching it, and this was my biggest concern in watching it, because again, the synopsis reads, a look at the romance between famed country musicians. If there's one thing about Michael Shannon I don't identify with, romantic, with romantic, like if you say serial killer Michael Shannon, I'm like, yep, he'll knock it out of the park. If you say weird neighbor, weird neighbor, he's gonna crush it. Revolutionary Road, this guy's awesome. If you say villain, Shape of Water, I'm like, yep, he's gonna be the best part of the movie. Like I already know that. But when you say romantic lead, I'm like, Michael Shannon, I'm like, hmm. singer, yeah, <laughs> singer again. I was like, a singer, I'm like I don't, I don't know. I, it's a, can he sing? I'm like I don't, I don't really see Michael Shannon singing. So it's a real shock to me watching this. A, he can be romantic. Now, he does definitely have a bit of that creepy side to him. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm, he's not exactly Elvis up there, but I could see his charm and allure. Thin guy, relatively tall, well-dressed. In that manner, he is a charisma. He's definitely charismatic. And he has a great voice. And once he starts singing, the, right out of the gate, George Jones concert. Is it him? Scene, yes. And I had to look up right away. I go, is that Michael Shannon? That is Michael Shannon doing all of his own singing. I go, that's impressive because that does not sound like Michael Shannon. But he can sing. And the first scene of the movie is Jessica Chastain as Timmy Wynette dragging her husband to go see a George Jones show. And he's the biggest thing in country music. And she's like, oh, my God, there he is. This is awesome. So later on through their inn, she goes and meets him backstage. And she realizes, oh, uh, he's not exactly Mr. Family Man, even though he has a wife. She finds him in bed, a couple girls smoking, a couple heaters. I'm sure they did some drugs, booze bottles everywhere. And the uh, go-between is trying to convince him that Timmy Wynette should be on the road with him. And he says something crass to her. She says something crass to him. She's like, you know, I grew up admiring all your music, but this is what you're about, kind of like whatever. And he's like, oh, okay, you're going to give it a, oh, you're gonna give it as good as you can. Okay, fine, come on in. So he hears her music plays pretty good. Very quickly, you can tell that he's entranced by her, and she's clearly attracted to him. Now imagine, she's a country singer. She says in many ways, Mr. Jones, because of you, I've listened to your music my whole life, and now I can't believe I'm actually opening for you. We're on the tour bus together. This is so cool. Now, he has that sweet side to him. This guy is a ball down drunk. Like, right out of the gate, you can tell him, like, no, no. He likes to get after it. This guy plays his music, and he is drunk all the time, pretty much 24-7. One of the most jarring scenes of the entire miniseries is they're on his bus, and they're playing a game, and he gets pissed off with the lack of air conditioning. And he goes to the front and starts yelling at the bus driver, almost causing an accident. Then pulls out a gun and starts shooting holes <laughs> in the roof. There, there we go. Now we got our air conditioning. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, not only is this, like, redneck theater, he's also, like I said, a raging drunk. And yet... There is that charisma to him and that softer side to him. And the miniseries, you can quickly tell where this is going. 
she's cutting his hair. She also does some hairdressing. And her husband happens to do that. You know, that you always see that scene in movies where, you know, two characters are talking about somebody and they don't know the other guy is there. So yeah. he goes in there, he's in the stall listing. It's a bit of a you know, I don't like his contrivance. But he's she's not criticizing him. He's kind of like, what are you with that stiff for? Like I see hundred guys like that every day. These guys come to do country music. You're the real thing. You're Tammy Wynette. You could be somebody. You don't need that guy. You don't need that schlub, whatever. He hears that. Oh, he's pissed. The next day he leaves. She's like, Oh, where'd you go? He's like, Oh, you want you're gonna go sleep with George Jones? You think he's uh, you're some kind of whore? Okay, here we go. So eventually they invite George Jones over, you know, because now she's opening for him. They get to know each other a little bit. And then this incredible dinner scene where the husband's a little sauced for a change. And surprisingly, George Jones, Shannon, turns down the drink. Booze, he's like, I'm fine. She's like, you feel right? Like, I'm okay. And she's got a bunch of kids. She's got like three kids. He's got two kids from his marriage, which at the time he is still married. And the husband at one point is a little bit sauced, says, Mr. Jones, are you going to fuck my wife? And the kids are there. Everyone's there. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, how is he going to respond? So Shannon takes a deep inhale and says, well, sir, I'd like to. And, 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 and the husband says, well, then you should know she's a lousy lay. What, what a line to discredit your wife. Wow. Like, like, I can feel the flirtation. I can feel the attraction. You want to bang my wife? Actually, I would. Not just, you know, she's a lousy lay. <laughs> right? Imagine. So Shannon paused. Boom, table goes over, grabs the guy, you know, about to slug him, but to kill him, whatever. And she's like, no, George, don't. And he's like, let's get out of here. And she's like, what? He's like, let's get out of here. I, I know you feel the way that I do about you, that you feel for me. Let's just leave him. Let's go. And it, maybe it's stretching credibility a little bit. I'm like, this is it? And she's just like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. They're gone. Bam, they're out. The Poor kids. Yeah. Jeez. So the kid, no, no, it's like five kids. Let's pack them in the station wagon. Let's go. Oh, okay, bring the, or at least they're bringing the kids. Oh, yeah. I was no, thinking the like, kids just too. leave the kids. Okay. No, she brings the kids and that's it. But I'm like, uh, how are we going to get our toothbrush here? You, I mean, toiletries, I guess. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, it's the South, I guess. We're not to go to hygiene. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Whatever we need to do. <laughs> and then the story takes off. And what, what is really riveting about it is, again, I know going in, Shannon's going to be, but then I'm really going to appreciate Michael Shannon. I don't know how good an actor he's going to be in the performance. So the surprise is he's a much better singer than I thought, and he can be romantic in his own way. It's not exactly Brad Pitt. The one that I had no surprises about and no qualms about was Jessica Chastain. I'm like, this is a great actress. I could totally see her knocking Timmy Wynette out of the park, accent, voice, singing. In some ways, it reminded me a lot of Walk the Line, which is, again, another great biopic, country music star, Johnny Cash, played by Joaquin Phoenix. And Reese Witherspoon is arguably the best part of the movie, as good as Joaquin is. She wins the Oscar playing June Carter Cash. And that story is about Johnny Cash and his drug addiction, amphetamines, booze, overcoming a difficult childhood, and eventually getting clean. And the love of a woman in June settles him. So I'm really enjoying this six-part series. Again, well-acted. Walton Goggins is in there. He's uh, I've seen him in the Danny McBride shows. He plays one of his buddies who's just getting hammered all the time. Peter Montgomery. Eventually, he becomes very religious, becomes a Baptist minister. Steve Zahn is in the movie. I've enjoyed, enjoyed him in a few comedies. He plays George Ritchie, who ends up being one of the agents of Timmy Wynette, or managers, I should say. His story I'll get to in a second. Yeah, I love but Steve I, Zahn. Yeah, but I had no doubt that Chastain would knock it out of the park. And again, the music is fantastic. Again, as somebody who is not a country connoisseur, I can still appreciate great music. And the music is fabulous. And again, much like Oppenheimer, one of the compliments I can pay is that after watching this miniseries, I'm going to go look up some stuff on George Jones and Tammy Wynette. The only thing I know about Tammy Wynette is Stand By Your Man, right? The very famous song. I remember when the whole Clinton scandal, Hillary Clinton said, I'm not going to, what am I supposed to be? Oh, you're like Timmy Wynette saying, Stand By Your Man. I wouldn't know a George Jones song from a hole in the wall. And I know he's a giant of country music. And now after every listening, I go, man, this guy's great lyricist, beautiful musician. 
their music together, great harmonies. But I said, it's feeling a little bit familiar. This is going to be like Walk the Line. This guy's an alcoholic, fall down drunk. He leaves his wife for her. They get together, again, just like Johnny Cash. She's going to heal him. Eventually, they'll find God, and life will go on. But that's where I was really impressed by George and Tammy, because it started to take a bit of a tailspin in that after a very difficult pregnancy for Tammy, she gets hooked on drugs. I was like, I did not see this coming. And George Jones, who's had more relapses than Steve Howe, like up and down, up and down this guy. I'm going to get clean and he's drunk again. I'm going to get clean and drunk again. Like, and there's, some, there's an epic scene. I mean, if you want movies or shows of drunks getting after it and screwing things up, there's a Christmas scene for the ages in which Michael Shannon shows up just rip-roaringly drunk. Like, like before she leaves, she takes all the keys. They have like six cars. She takes all the key cars. He's like, oh, whatever. He gets blitzed and then he goes, I'm going to just hop on the riding lawnmower. He takes the riding lawnmower down to town, <laughs> living in the middle of nowhere. Look, I'll go get drunk at the bar. I don't give a damn. On my riding lawnmower, there's George Jones getting drunk. And when he gets home, let's just say the gun comes out. There's going to be some shooting up of jingle bells and <laughs> all the rest of it. So the problem then becomes her issue and her addiction to painkillers, which I did not see coming. And the story has a really interesting wrinkle because now Steve Zahn, who seems like a very empathetic, sweet guy, supportive, he's enabling her. He's giving her heroin. Like shocking scene where he goes in, ties up the tube, boom. There you go, Tammy. I'm taking care, I'm taking away your pain. And she tried some whatever amphetamines or medication, painkillers, let's say. Hasn't worked out. Well, I got some stuff for you. I'm like, wow. Uh, this took a turn. Now she's a heroin addict. And George Jones and her have now split. Even though he wants to be with her, she's like, Man, you're just a freaking fall down drunk. I'm tired of your crap moving on. Meantime, she's a drug addict. Meantime, he's closer to getting sober than yeah. she is. And so by part six, it's a six-part series. Now they've completely changed. You know, they've, they've since estranged. Shannon is now, I wouldn't quite say found God, but he's, he's stopped the booze. He's off the sauce. He's, he's remarried. White hair now, still doing his thing, George Jones. But she is just a mess of herself, emaciated, scrawny. And this guy, Richie's a disaster. At one point, Shannon confronts him, like, you're killing her. Whatever you're giving her, he doesn't know she's on heroin. Eventually, she has an OD, like, okay, she's a drug addict. She's to go to the hospital. And you think they're going to reconcile? And they have a really nice scene where he's like, listen, Let's get off the tour. Because she goes to him and goes, because she's now a bigger deal than him. Tell me why that's huge. Stand by your man, all the rest of me. She says, let's, let's tour again one more time just for fun. Fans love seeing us together, but no hanky-panky. Okay, cool. They do fool around a little bit, but whatever. That's fine. He says, let me get you clean. I'll get you a rehab clinic. And she's like, you're too late. It's too far gone. You tried. You had your moment. It's over. And he's like, he confronts George Rich. You're killing Whatever. That's it. So I was very surprised. I do look forward to looking up the actual truth. But George Jones ended up being clean and sober. Lived till he was 82. Tammy Wynette, dead at 55. I don't know, quite drug overdose, but the drugs completely wiped her out. Damn. So horrible, horrible pregnancy led to this issue and a really dark look at the country music scene. But as a miniseries, fantastic. Three and a half Maple Leafs. My only question with it is, you know, the amount of times that Shannon keeps getting drunk and relapsing, he never actually explains his behavior. Now, I guess addicts, the answer would be they can't explain their behavior. They want to stop, but they can't. But like, I don't understand because he's like, I love you. And she's like, yeah. yeah. Stop drinking. And he just blitzed. And he goes, I'm really sorry. And she's like, but, but like, stop. And he's like, I, I would have liked a little bit more insight into that. But perhaps, in fairness, that is the life of the addict. They can't help themselves. They do it. They feel apologetic. And life moves on. This show is right up my dad's alley. Nobody is like, yeah. George, you say George Jones to me. I think Greg Cody. <laughs> really? Yeah, so your dad would be all in on this. Okay. Big George Jones guy. Okay, that's great. Well, listen, either we're going to have your dad on or just at least ask him or get him to watch it. I can't wait. Oh, this is this is this took an interesting wrinkle. I want to get Greg Cody's take on George and Tammy and just the insight he can provide on George Jones.
I hope they both win Emmy Awards. They're both nominated. The incredible Micah Shannon, the even more incredible Jessica Chastain, George and Tammy. I really, really enjoyed it. How about the reviews? I haven't really seen them. Nick Hilton says, many of us might be surprised that Shannon and Chastain expended their considerable talents on such thin material. Perhaps the only fans that George and Tammy will find then are the people who are already enraptured by its namesakes. Well, that would be Greg Cody. Julia Ray said of times, Chastain and Shannon are magnetic as the chaotic spouses. Their chemistry causing tremors that could break a seismometer. Now, that's a blur. They do have great chemistry. They asked Shannon, why'd you do it? By the way, he said he's from Kentucky. He's like, oh, I'm more of a country guy. Or, I'm more of a jazz guy, I believe he said. I asked him in an interview. And he said, honestly, Jessica Chastain asked you to do a role. She wants you to play her husband. You, you say yes. Uh, Dan Inav of Financial Times exchanges charged feelings for melodrama. But if the storytelling becomes heavy-handed, the performances remain easy on the eye and ear. Good blurbs. I could have picked out. These guys want to write some blurbs here. George and Tammy, three and a half Maple Leafs. Go check it out. I thought it was fantastic. We'll take a break. Come back. Talk about The Hangover. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. So talk about taking the essence of the hangover away was the fact I saw it was on TV the other day. I recorded it. Didn't realize it was the edited version. Now, of course, I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times, but the edited version really took a lot of the humor out of it on the rewatch because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Probably 10 years. It's been a while. And I'm like, no, that that's funnier when he actually says this. Like the amount of moments that I'm like, it's, it's not that it, it, the, it has to be swearing to be funny, but Ken Jong jumping out of the trunk naked is what sells the joke. Yeah. In this edited version, he's wearing underwear. I'm like, well, that's it's not as funny now, is it? You wanted to see the dick. Yeah, you got to be able to see <laughs> him completely in the naked. That's what makes it so jarring. Heather Graham is the stripper, mm -hmm. actually more of an escort. Fantastic. Oh. The whole cast is great. Ed Helms is the put-upon dentist, Stu. Justin Bartha, nothing ever happened to this guy. Justin Bartha, who played Doug. I don't know what the hell he ever did after this. I mean, he was purposely a boring character. He was like the yeah. boring one in the movie. Right. So. Didn't have much to do. He's obviously stuck on the roof for a lot of it. That was Zach the, Galifianakis's like coming out party, right? Well, I was about to say, so the, so the two real breakouts are Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper. 
Like at the time watching, I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Tall, handsome. And that's wedding Crashers. He had done Wedding Crashers, but that was about it for yeah. in terms of comedies, Bradley. But as far as like a name guy, I was like, okay, I've really heard of this guy. And that's one of the funnier scenes is, of course, when Rob Riggle, they has them where he tases them. <laughs> he says, all right, step right up, handsome. Galifianakis looks at me and goes, oh, not you, fat Jesus. This one, the, the pretty boy. <laughs> fat Jesus. Yeah. That, that is what I would think not of Bradley you, Cooper. Fat Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Wedding Crashers 05. So Cooper had done that. But as far as like a really breakthrough role, I'm like, you know, I feel like watching it. Galifianakis definitely has a bunch of the lines that are funny and, and memorable. And just his character, his whole, his whole persona is very funny. I mean, he roofies them. He, he thought he was going to give them ecstasy and said he roofies these guys. And even early on, I mean, one of the more memorable scenes when they first check in. And he goes, I, I got to ask it. She's like, yeah, he goes, is this the real Caesar's Palace? <laughs> And she's like, what? He's like, is this where Caesar? He's like, no. He's like, okay. I Guys, so. when's the next Haley's comment? <laughs> <laughs> right. And you got to think he's ad-libbing a bunch of these. Like there's like a half. It's just Zach. Zach be Zach. Oh, so but, good. but I remember I remember watching thinking, okay, this Cooper guy is going to be something, you know, tall, handsome, good looking, pretty funny comic timing. And this is well before, of course, he's Oscar nominated for A Star is Born. But at you, this you time. You nailed it. You saw it before anyone. Yeah, and I swear to God, I remember, I remember talking to my cousin. I, would, I wouldn't have said Oscar nominee, but I said, this guy's definitely going to be a star. Like, watching it, you go, no, he's tall, handsome, great hair. He's pretty yeah. funny. I'm like, he's going to do some things. Ed Helms, he's not going to do anything. Justin Bertha played Doug. He didn't do anything. Uh, Zach Galifianakis had his moment. He definitely broke out. Hasn't done much recently. Where's Behind Bradley you? Cooper been, though? Uh, he's working on this movie. A Maestro's coming out this fall. It's going to be incredible. Oh, okay. Leonard Bernstein. For Netflix, I believe he's starring in it, directing, writing it, the whole thing. It's his fault wow. to Stars Born. Huge vanity project. I believe Scorsese may have executive produced, Michael Mann executive produced. Like he's got some some big muscle behind him. But yeah, Leonard Bernstein, by, he's definitely going to get nominated for, if not best actor, director, screenplay, a bunch of stuff. It's huge. Um, and Galifianakis definitely had his moment, right? Between two ferns, all that kind of stuff. Between two ferns, I should say. But it's kind of a time capsule going back and watching this movie. Certainly the soundtrack is all those, that music of like 2009. And it's still really enjoyable. I still give it three and a half Maple Leafs. I think it's still a really funny movie. Rob Riggle showing up uh, as Officer Franklin is really funny. Mike Tyson. Yeah, sometimes it's funny. You, you you hear things and you don't you know where it's from. You don't really know where it's from. Meaning, I know in the face is Rob Riggle, but I had to watch the movie again to go, oh, that's right. When he gets tased, then he starts screaming, in the face, in the face. Yeah. And Tyson's good in it, but it's a small role. Like, I thought there was more of Tyson. I just remember when he knocks him out. He throws one knockout punch, and the tiger is his. Mike but Epps. I, I could be a Doug. Yeah, Mike Epps plays Doug. He's the, the fake Doug shows up. But I was thrilled. I totally forgot. One of my favorites, Jeffrey Tambor, plays Sid, the father. He's the one that leads Doug the the Mercedes, the car, which he's like, no, oh, you can't get this thing banged up. But he's like, yeah, it's all right, Vegas. He's I understand like, can you put goes. pants on? I feel weird having to ask you twice. Yeah, that's what Bradley Cooper said that to Galifianakis. That was horrible. He's, it is disgusting. He comes out of the bathroom. There's a tiger in there. He's like, dude, put some pants on. What I have to ask you twice? But it's, um, like I said, I think a really funny movie for its time. I saw it multiple times in the theater. I still think it's really funny now. I saw one blurb saying that it helps if you're a 21-year-old guy. You'll find it funny. It wasn't quite 21 at the time, but I was in that age group, so maybe it's sophomoric. But again, the director, Todd Phillips, this is when Todd Phillips was making these kind of comedies, this old school, well before he made Joker. And if you haven't seen The Hangover for some reason, here is the story. Three buddies wake up from a bachelor party in Las Vegas. No memory of the previous night and the bachelor missing. They make their way around the city in order to find their friend before his wedding. One of the, one of the things watching it again, I don't mean to be that guy, but I'm like, they packed all this into one night? Like, it's insane how much stuff they packed in. Like, they're just, they were drunk. They were high. Uh, Ed Helms got married. They went to a strip club. They they went to Tyson's place. They stole a tiger. Like, they're still, they stole a cop car. Like, there's a lot they packed into, like, 
Eight hours. And anyone who, like, I know they were drugged, so it wasn't just, like, yeah. alcohol and stuff. But, like, anyone who's, like, you remember some stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, I mean, like, I, I've never been drugged. <laughs> so it's, like, I feel like <laughs> if you wake up and the, maybe you don't remember some stuff, but just, like, the, the idea that they literally have no recollection. A little far-fetched, but hey. Yeah. But you go along for the ride. I was 22 when it came out, by the way. You were like, so like right in, you want to talk about wheelhouse. So Hangover, you, comedic masterpiece. (laughs) I mean, they don't make movies like this anymore. You kind of miss the fact. You go to the theater, go do the Hangover. This is going to be awesome. Prepare to laugh for the next two hours. And the best part of the movie, the credit sequence. Right at the end, when Doug goes, we watch this once, and then we delete it. And then that credit sequence, you see these ridiculous pictures of them at the strip club, selling the cop car, making faces at Mike Tyson. Spin my head round, baby, yeah. Flow rider from 09. Oh. It's great. Uh, James Christopher of Times, the lads, duly lurch from one bewildering crisis to another, and Lamar assault of little white lies. Everything works here. The characters are funny. The setups are funny. The lines are funny. And I agree. I just think it's a cool concept for a movie to say, go to Vegas. We're going to get after it. Let's start with the end and kind of go back. I mean, Christopher Nolan could appreciate this. Let's let's find out how we got to this point. Let's try to work our way back. And Ed Helms' wife is just, just an unbelievable shrew. Like, oh. What a pain in the ass. Rachel Harris playing Melissa. What a, what, a, what a nasty character. Yeah. So, like, right. it, that's what you say to me. If you just say, like, nasty, that's like yeah. the, an all-time character. <laughs> Yo, great moment when he finally tells her off. It just tells her to go to hell. Everyone's cheering in there. The Hangover, check it out. If you're looking for a summer comedy, and George and Tammy, check it out in Showtime or on Paramount Plus, as I did. On vacation next week, going back to visit my folks in Toronto. So uh, episode in a couple weeks. Not a great, ton of great movies coming up in the next little while, but we'll talk to you again. Uh, August 14th, 15th, that week. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, new movie. I'll be watching that. Again, guess-wise, it's hard, folks. I'll be honest. I talked to my buddy Hoosh, who's an actor. Actors are prohibited from like doing any marketing. Like They, they can't even be anywhere right now. So this, this strike better end. We expect a lot more writers here on Cinephile. Having said that, we did do an interview with Michael Cera, who is a noted actor. His movie, The Adults, is coming August 18th. So we do have an interview with an actor in the can. The next episode of Cinephile, you will hear from Michael Sarah, and we'll talk some Ninja Turtles. Until then, I'll see you at the movies. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? 
back. If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.